Welcome to Mixed Company, bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront so everyone can participate in the conversation. We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome to Mixed Company. Okay, we're back. It's episode six. Welcome to Mixed Company. It's Kai. It's Karina. Simeon. And we are here. Um, Welcome. Obviously, I was going to say welcome again, but... Obviously, as you guys know, there's a lot that has been going on in the news um, regarding the shootings in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, um, St. Paul, Minnesota, um, and Dallas. So being that this this discussion is about mixed company, we plan to have a candid conversation about it. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that, we do want to continue on um, with the flow of the show. As you guys know, because um, last week we took a little break from format, so here, so today we're back on it, right? Yeah. So we can actually go ahead and get started with um, listener comments and feedback. Mm. Who wants to read this? Do I read this? Who wants to read that? I think you should read it. All right. So this is from Anonymous. Um, what do you do? When you meet an ignorant coworker, IRL, <laughs> especially one on your team. Wait, you actually have to define IRL because I didn't know what that meant. I don't know what that means. In real life. Sorry. I was going to let it go because I was just like, I'll just be the ignorant auntie that don't know the new lingo. I don't know any of this, this, these new slang words these, these kids is using <laughs> these, days. these days. IRL. Um, so what do you do when you meet an ignorant coworker in real life, especially one on your team? During a conversation about taxes and the government, it got heated when a coworker ended the conversation with, if you don't like this country, then you should move out. Hmm. Rude. Oh, okay, well. All right. Um, <laughs> in our group, there was someone whose family came to the U.S. as a refugee who was offended by the comment. When I recently straightened my hair, this same ignorant coworker has asked me when I was going to wash my hair. <laughs> She's rude. There was also another incident where this co- coworker was playing in associates in an associates fro. <laughs> Even when the person was trying to back away from her. We have yet to confront this coworker so far. And we've kept our distance, mainly because we don't know if confrontation is the answer or not. Mainly because we see this person every day. Um, I'm assuming the question here is how to handle the situation, even though it doesn't say it. Um, I'm going to take a breath, and I'm going to let Simeon take the first breath. <laughs> you hear it boiling. Because uh, <laughs> I, mean, I have words. There are a lot of levels to this person's ignorance. A uh, key thing that's missing here is probably race. But I guess even if you do, you even black, need to I have race. You you need it's yeah. just like a question of yeah, personal space. Yeah, I was to say like personal space and. Mm. Let me tell you this: it's real simple. Somebody's making you feel uncomfortable yeah. at work regardless of what it's about, if they're making comments that make you feel invaluable and inferior, that's called harassment. 
that yeah. person is infringing on you as a person, your space, your value, and your money. Because you can't give your best at work if you're constantly worried about confrontation with, this, with said person. So if you're not 100%, your work's not going to get done 100%. And technically, she then would be interfering with the bottom line at your company. Mm. My perspective on this I don't have situations like these <laughs> because I don't let people say shit to me that I find <laughs> offensive mm-hmm. because it gets taken care of immediately. With a smile. With a smile. For prior episodes, we've we With a smile. This. With a smile. Now, I, I mean, it doesn't really say it here, but if you've tried, if, if, if you have tried to speak to this person before and they still don't get it, and they still don't get it. And not only is it bothering you, but it's now bothering other people. We talked about this a couple episodes ago. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is strength in numbers. And guess what? We all go into HR, and we're all going to document all these things, date, time, and location, mm-hmm. about when these instances happen. Because you can't, man, especially, man, I can't even wait to get into the conversation. But I find it so relevant with yeah. everything going on. The last thing I need to hear from anybody's mouth is about, well, if you don't like it, you can leave this country. Well, actually, if you don't like it, you can leave this country. Mm-hmm. Because everybody else here is okay with us mm-hmm. except for you. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Period. Yeah. This, this is a straight to HR moment. She playing in your front, bro. I probably, I probably. She didn't even welcome it. How you playing somebody here and they didn't welcome it? I don't know. Yeah. Like what? Why didn't you read the sign? <laughs> you can literally probably see someone not welcoming welcoming your action. Somebody asked you when you're gonna wash your hair. Probably when you feel like washing your hair. Like, what do you mean? Why does it matter? Mm. What does this have to do with anything? Mm. Never. Never. For, I'm never gonna wash it just for the sake of that. <laughs> <being a favorite laughs> I'm never gonna wash it. Yeah. Ooh, that makes me upset. I would, I would, mm. I would take this one straight to HR. Or if we were in a bar, she might have got a cuss out. Like something like that. She totally could got a cuss out. Like, or you, even worse. Or even worse. Ain't no worse. Touch her for I gotta keep my job. Amen. Then I keep my job. Look, this. Mm, <laughs> no. You know this is. You just have to address it. Like you yeah. absolutely have to address somebody like that. There. I'd like to assume this person isn't signing any checks. I'd like to assume this person. Even if they were. I. It, it, they don't have any specific or or, or direct ties to money, promotion, status. So we're on the same level, and you're being a jerk. You out jerk them, <laughs> and you tell them to their face, and or take it to HR, because you you can't just be going around telling people crazy shit like that. If you don't like it here, you can leave this country. Well, first of all, how about you pay for my ticket since it's so damn easy? <laughs> I don't mean to <laughs> just visualize. Who says it. like people still say crazy stuff like yes. that? Like you out here giving away JetBlue vouchers for people that are uncomfortable here. Go ahead somewhere and have several seats. That really pissed me off. Listen, I, can, I, 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 I can tell. The JetBlue comment, though. I love it. I need to keep that. She I really do need to keep that. sponsoring long-term vacations. Get the hell out of here. All right. 
Simeon said take it straight to HR. I'm surprised you were so calm about <laughs> it. The diplomatic yeah, well, route this week. <laughs> I mean, because all of these comments and actions are unacceptable. They're they're unacceptable, but they're they're like next level unacceptable. And mm-hmm. I just don't feel like you can have a calm conversation with this person. They don't seem like a rational person. Mm-hmm. So confronting them could just, it can escalate the situation. Well, confrontation can be simple as yo, don't say that. Even that can be escalated when you're dealing with these type of people. But remember what we said, when you go to HR and they ask you how you try to mediate it, what are you going to say? You didn't feel comfortable mediating it? No. You have to, you you can have basically, to say You can something. basically just say what I said. I didn't feel like this was a rational person and that if I would approach them even in the most calm and simple manner, oh. it still would escalate it, which says something to that person's character. It does. Yeah. That you can't have... Uh, basic conversation with this person. And I was I was telling Kyle this story the other day about something that happened um, in the office place without giving too many details, but someone cursed at another person during a conference call. What? And I'm telling you. it escalated, and then the manager that was on the phone de-escalated it, and then the person cursed again, and it escalated again. And so, when she told me, it was like, well, should I go talk to her? I'm like, well, this situation already escalated twice. On the phone, in front of other people, in front of a manager, why would you address it with them? You don't address it with them anymore. You take it straight to HR because this person has showed that they are not a rational person and they, quite frankly, they don't care. So why have a conversation with them? I mean, or you call your homies up and you tell them where she goes for drinks Fridays at 8 o'clock and you just have them meet her. But either way, she either needs to catch literal or figurative hands, like all the hands. Like, if you're not going to catch those for real hands, then perhaps, you know, actually taking it somewhere where it can make her feel as invaluable as, as you as a listener has been feeling. Take that to HR. Somebody needs to know about that. Yeah. Date, time, and location of, of each incident. Mm, yeah, mm, they should mm. put hands just, in that person's mm, Just ignorance everywhere. Well, um, for anyone else who might have questions, comments, notes that you'd like to share with us or just want to drop us a line, um, make sure you guys reach out to us. You can send us emails at askmixedcompany at gmail.com. That's A-S-K-M-I-X-E-D-C-O-M-P-A-N-Y at gmail.com. Also, if you can hit us up on Twitter, right? And Facebook. And Facebook. We're under Um, the Moffa New York. Or Instagram. We always forget about Instagram. Hit us up on the IG. Um, We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Also, shout out to everyone who came out to the Moffa Mixer. Oh, yes. Was it last? I guess by yeah, the time it was two weeks, weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Um, yeah, so shout out to you people for. And dealing with our what lovely people? waiter <laughs> who did not like to wait. You people who came out to the event and were awesome. Yeah, yes. everybody was so cool. It was so good to see people. Great conversation. It was awesome. Absolutely. All right, well, let's transition into that's dope. Um, Obviously, the news has been grim, but there have been some high notes for all of us. Um, What you guys got? 
Oops. I don't want to necessarily call it a high note. I have a high note. Oh, yeah, I guess she <laughs> has can also have a high note. Yeah. Um, can we? We can make a sandwich out of this. <laughs> well, we can start on mine, and then you just go to yours. Oh, okay. Um, so my dope thing of the week is Jay Z drops the songs for a survival playlist on title because it's necessary. Um, I guess. What's what's type what type of songs are on the playlist? Songs that you would expect. <laughs> So you got like Free by Goody Mob, We the People Who Are Darker Than Blue by Curtis Mayfield, Four Women by Nina Simone, uh-huh. Village Ghetto Land by Stevie Wonder, Inner City Blues by Marvin Gaye. That's Ooh, the kind of wow. stuff that has you in your feelings. Yeah. The the most necessary one, the revolution will not be televised yes. by Jill Scott Haran. Uh, I almost tried to play the desk drums, but it wasn't going to sound right, so, like, I won't. But, yes, that is the fave. Oh, I mean, man. Also, I guess people, well, you earlier was Kai, were saying that it's not really advertising him, but, I mean, this dude is pumping. He's still promoting title. Like, yeah, you got to yeah. go on title. title. You can't so. hate on his hustle. I'm not hating on his hustle. I'm hating on Simeon's hustle. <laughs> And his reluctance to pick dope stuff from <laughs> advertising. Why do you, why do you think arts? this is my life? <laughs> <laughs> is Yo, life. you're just naturally defiant. Like, <laughs> any way you can find a way to do it differently just because is like it. And you know what? I respect it. You can't, you can't hate on the game this changer. I won't hate on the game advertising changer. Advertising is not my life. It's just a part of it. Okay. That's your new nickname, the game changer. No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'll catch the L for that. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe oh, standing on man. the sidelines, throwing things into oh. the game. Oh, man. Throwing ice into the basketball court floor. I don't know. I'm not, I look. <laughs> all right, then. All right. Then. I have two. Do you want to go first? You have two? I do. You have a bonus? I couldn't even pick. I couldn't pick between the two. They were both so important. Well. Congrats to Miss Serena Williams for historic her historic um, 22nd Grand Slam. I love that every year is historic for her. Like, every, like, <laughs> like you know you are the baddest when you don't do it. Like, what do you do for a living? I make history. Hey. Day in and day out. Hey. She is the truth. It is her, um, also her sixth, um, sixth Wimbledon doubles championship with her sister Venus. You know that um, Papa, v- um, Papa Williams is very proud. So congrats to her. She is, this is her year. Man. I mean, shout she out is, to Compton. Isn't every year her year? Every year is really her year. <laughs> For the past 22 titles, every year has been her year. It became her year after like the 10th one. Huh? Was it? Did it take that long? I don't know, but she's been killing it for a while. She's been killing it for Especially as long as I can, feel like I can remember. And that might just be since yesterday. Wait, isn't she can... the highest paid female athlete now? Mm-hmm. Since the I did see that. Caught debunked. Um, <laughs> drugging herself. Oh, something. I don't. I I don't know all of that. I I wasn't there for that. Well, oh, remember the got... remember the. Ch- Sorry, she got caught check, in a drug scandal. <laughs> Thanks, Simeon. I'm, <laughs> I'm just out here Yo. doing my feministic duty. Uh, the woman who. <laughs> Um, was like using the steroids. I vaguely remember the story. Who used to be the highest paid. Mm-hmm. All I know is that she is the highest paid now. She's just yeah, that's the most popping. Yes. 
Yeah, you can catch the article in the Atlantic um, by Van Newkirk the second. Um, congrats to him. You can catch and, that article everywhere. Oh, what? Okay. <laughs> She's trending. <laughs> you know, shout out to Van Newkirk as well. He did a very good article. Okay, working for the Atlantic. Give him his cred. Okay. That's he, real. He ain't a sponsor um, here. And it quotes. Oh my. <laughs> I thought we were on a feminist, like a feminist, you know, okay, new way of go, learning. You can, you can go. Okay. Isn't the author, whatever, go ahead. Wait, what? Go ahead. All right. I'm going to quote this. Serena is the perfect hero for today's time, and the simple fact is that no straight man could serve as a symbol that perfectly encapsulates what Serena does. She is what we want our daughters to be, and she is what I'd want my sons to be. Cool. I don't know how you feel about that, Sim, but you know. I I, I appreciate the the comment. Um, I was just saying that you can. Everybody's writing about her right now. That's all. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. All right. Now on to Kai, who's the overachiever. You only have bonus. I'm not an overachiever. You know what? I, I'll say this. I you have get- two dope issues because. Out of all of the news that has come out in the past couple of weeks, like, it's really good to, you know, you got to keep your vibrations mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. And one is more relevant to today's conversation than the other, but okay. they're both kind of relevant. So my first um, kind of shout-out, Dope-ish, goes out to uh, Sprite for their Obey Your Verse um, campaign that they have going on right now. Um, I believe it's a continuation from last year's Obey Your Verse campaign, which showcased three legends within hip hop, um, on similar to their Share a Coke um, uh, camp to Coca Cola Share a Coke campaign. Obey Your Verse takes Sprite cans, puts these puts legendary lyrics from these legendary artists on them, and they are collector's items. So last year they showcased uh, lyrics from Drake. I believe Big and why can't I think that I can't think of the third I can't think of the third but this year doesn't matter because I'll tell you why this year is the one that I want to shout out because the artwork the campaign the relevance of the lyrics are just it was just on point and I really did try to find something wrong with it to call it inauthentic to say that they were biting because I have always felt that Right was the reason that hip hop became commercialized. <laughs> like I truly have always felt this way, but quite frankly, with this campaign, it felt right and it resonated so well. So they're showcasing um, lyrics from Tupac, Shakur, uh, J Cole, and Missy Elliott. First of all, shout out to them actually picking a female MC and a female MC that has been so prominent to the hip hop game. Um, and just the artwork is beautiful. Like I'm looking, I, I don't know, for those of you that are in New York City and you, or anyone that has been on the uh, MTA subway recently, like that's some stuff I want to collect. Okay. Like the posters. The posters mm-hmm. are beautiful, absolutely beautiful, and absolutely like just capturing the vibe and the realness of the artists and the lyrics that they chose specific like i could i feel like i could almost tell whoever was leading the copy for this campaign was a j cole fan because they picked out like the best j cole lines like off of um his mixtapes his mixtapes there's one from the autograph that's like um 
what is it? They say anything's possible. You gotta you gotta live like you never seen obstacles. And that's always been my favorite line. And that made it to the can. My favorites never make it public. So that was really exciting you're for really me. Ex- I'm glad you're, you're excited. Really excited. I'm not a real I like, love hip hop. I, so. I live no, I'm, and I'm love and just all of it for J. Cole. I'm a stan Yo. since forever. And then um, Missy Elliott, of course, for those of you that watch VH1, she's getting um, honored for Hip Hop Honors. Nice. They're they're honoring all the women's. Glad you mentioned that right now, because did you see this? Oh, yes. Lil' Kim is also... So, Simeon is showing me a picture of Lil' Kim. 2016 Lil' Kim. She's also being honored. Um, but she's a legend also. But anyway, she is. Sprite but... got it right. Sprite made me feel good. What? Sprite made me feel something. <laughs> Sprite made me feel like at home and, and, and wanting to learn more about the campaign. And that's what campaigns are supposed to do. So kudos to them. I believe Simeon mentioned that that was done by Wyden Kennedy. What? Yeah, that's Wyden. Wyden, Wyden did it. And whoever that team was, they get all the high fives. They do. They get all the high fives. If I ever meet you, you get a fist bump, a high five. And I might buy you a shot because that was wow. That's a lot. Yeah, but it was a lot. It was a sidebar though. Why, why are you? Little, I don't want is, you to talk about. He's very Lil taken aback by Lil Kim's light why brightness. Is, I don't want you to talk about her because <laughs> that's old. You're giving me this. That's look. old. I literally just saw the today though, so that's why. You, I, I, feel I, like I just you saw, just saw that right, right now. I just saw it literally, just like. I literally just saw that right now on your phone. I didn't see it. Oh, you never saw this? Before. No. I didn't see this either. Oh. I was standing on the corner she talking to somebody. She just looks like that now, guys. Nah, dog. This is the light, bright version. Love your daughters. <laughs> she has a daughter. I do. Th- you know what? I don't. I don't want to go there. Not this. Up. Ep- not this episode. Shout out to Lil Kim. Lil Love Kim you. started it. No, she did start it. She's the one that told me that I had no time for fake ones. Oh. And she I was supposed to sip Cristal. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> she taught me lots of things. Anyway, moving on. Um, my second dopish, which I think is going to be a really good transition into our topic, comes from an Ad Age article that was posted on June 29th um, from a colleague of mine, straight out of Space 150. Shout out to all the spacers. Um, from uh, Bethany Iverson. Bethany uh, works with our uh, branding team. Um, she is positioned in Minneapolis. Um, and she's really just dope people. Like, I know Simeon's mentioned it before. And, like, when if you, get, Karina, you have a chance to, to, read, yes. to read the article. Oh, yes, yes. She's just really dope people to have Thanks progressive, forward thinking conversation with um and bethany uh all the kudos to her had has by now has a an article um that was published in ad age called five ways agencies can dismantle systems keeping diversity out Mm. now when you read that it's kind of like okay and then you go to like the subtitle where she really kind of gives it to you, like she figuratively throws hands at the system by saying ad agencies would be remiss if they did not address the uncomfortable topic of white supremacy in the industry. And that's when you drop your phone and you spill your water and you choke <laughs> on whatever it was that you were eating because rarely, if if ever, probably never do people talk about white supremacy as... as an institution that has infiltrated many industries and that there are pieces of it, not necessarily 
um, the strongest visuals of it, but there are pieces of white supremacy that, if not recognized, do keep diversity out of the workplace. So, um, yes, I will kind of give you a sound bite from the article, but we are going to post the articles and all of our dope stuff somewhere on the Mafa um, on the Mafa Twitter, Twitter yeah. um, for everybody to go back and read, but. Bethany comes out um, and says, I'm grateful to those taking up the charge to build an industry reflective of the world we live in. Though we would be remiss to talk about the progress we're working toward without addressing the most pressing and uncomfortable issue keeping diversity out of agencies. I'm talking about white supremacy, a core component of inequality most ad agency folks are reluctant to acknowledge. Wait, don't stop reading. I know it seems dramatic to see the words white supremacy and ad agency in the same sentence, but hear me out. My hope in writing about such a, a charged topic is not to shame our industry, but rather to start a conversation about the root problem preventing us from being inclusive. That to me, and as we, and as we switch into um, our conversation, is important. It, at the end of the day, you can't kill cancer by just putting a Band-Aid on it, you actively have to rip out the source that's feeding the sickness. Um, and I do believe that of, obviously there are many things that keep diversity out of workplace, but I kudos to, to Bethany, who is a white woman herself, to take it upon herself to write an article so raw, so real, so important to the time, more important to the time that day that it was published before she would even know how important it would be several days later. So kudos to her. Can't wait to get her out here um, and hopefully on the show. Nice. Yeah, and to, to that point, like, I feel like what she did goes back to something you said on, I think, the first episode where, like, you just can't address, you can't fix a problem unless you define it. And basically that's what yeah. she did in a very eloquent way. And she did. It was dope. She's a real MVP. She was. She is the MVP. Maybe we should start doing MVPs on top of dope shit, oh, yeah. and then she would be the MVP for this week because. I actually. Don't I'm just kidding. Sorry. I actually like that <laughs> sorry. idea. Uh, all right, we can talk about it later, I'm Simeon. Sorry. I'm sorry. Don't need it anymore. Gosh. Oh, oh my gosh. All right. Did you give deep sighs like that in high school too? Like, ah, let's not, teacher. Like <laughs> since the '80s. <laughs> <laughs> Bless your heart. All right, well, we can go ahead and move on to Hot Topic. So, last week, um, I'll keep it top level um, based on the advice of my host mates. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, your, you know, your points were valid. Most people should, at this point, be well aware of what happened the week of July fourth. Um, obviously, Monday, everybody was barbecuing, celebrating, having a good time, high fiving, hopscotching. Um, by Tuesday, most of us received news via Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, CNN, Fox, MSNBC that a gentleman gentleman by the name of Alton Sterling had been um, shot um, during an altercation with two police officers who um, were accosting him, um, 
because of, I guess, an anonymous tip that they had received um, that he was armed and dangerous and possibly a threat. Um, By Wednesday the 6th, we were reeling in in our feelings and weary and... um, I, I feel like most of us went to bed really late Tuesday night, too, talking about it, thinking about it. And then a couple hours later, we wake up, and we receive news that Philando Castile in St. Paul, um, Minnesota, um, was also shot by a police officer. Um, this time, the footage came to us via Facebook Live. Um, and the footage showed the aftermath of the shooting, but the immediate um, interaction between the girlfriend of Philando um, and the police officer standing outside of the car with his gun still pointed inside after Philando had been shot. Um, I think it. I think it's important for us to also note that his four-year-old daughter was also in the back seat. Um, of the car during this incident. Um, so of course, didn't even get a chance to catch our feelings, catch our breaths. Um, everyone's angry, everybody's upset. Most people are angry, sorry. Let me let me be clear, most people are angry, most people are upset, most people are in their feelings. Um, and then, you know, we go to bed late again because everybody's having a hard time processing and dealing. And then you wake up in the morning. No, we didn't even go to bed yet, actually. We didn't even go to bed yet. Uh, we were in the bar checking. <laughs> we didn't even go to bed yet. And by 9 o'clock that evening, we... No, it was definitely later than that. Well, it happened around 9. Uh, we got word of, you know... For those of us that have an unhealthy way of, of dealing with our emotions <laughs> in bars, we caught wind of the situation in Dallas around 9, 10 o'clock that evening um, where... A let's call it what a lone gunman. A lone gunman took matters into his own hands and shot five police officers. Mm-hmm. Um, shot and killed five police officers. Um, per his or reports say that his he did that um, as a response to. Uh, both the both the Philando Castile and the um, sorry the Alton Sterling shootings, as well as all shootings of nonviolent or unarmed black men in America by the hands of police officers, that he in turn wanted to himself kill white police. That's what the reports said. Um, so he took matters into his own hands as a lone gunman so it was literally just a week from hell like it was like straight out of a movie and a lot of shit came out of that like for most of us working working period i don't even think it has to be within advertising or within an agency or within a corporation but like we had a lot of us a lot of people had to deal and i think just beyond being black beyond being a man people had to deal it was a lot. It was it was it was a week of mourning. At least for me, it was a lot of grieving, like internal grieving. Still, it still kind of is, and I and I think um, also our prayers go to, out to the Brazel family that lost in Houston. There was another shooting two days there was. ago that we haven't that we didn't mention. 
So a lot of families are hurting. <clears throat> Sorry, a lot of families are hurting and um, this all happened within days, hours of each other. So I'm, I mean, my prayer is to be with those families because reality has not set in. So on top of all of that, obviously, like I said, a lot of people are in mourning. A lot of people are grieving. A lot of people are confused and in their feelings and in need of an outlet. Um, there was an outcry, obviously, via social media and news outlets, um, where basically a more niche conversation was taking place around how to how do you address people's concerns about what they're experiencing in times of of national tragedy? How right. do you speak to that? Um, how do you speak to that? And I think Karina had mentioned it before. Uh, I don't know if it's here or whenever, but like people used to have moments of silence. Yeah. And you know what? They still do. Um, but I think that's what, not I think, that's what we're going to talk about today. Like, how do you address these moments? Yeah, and I think it's more of like also, okay. Yeah, we address these moments in the workplace, but it's like, when do we address them? Like, are we the ones to address it? Right. Or, or do do people serve, want us as black, brown people to be that voice when the conversation is brought up? Because this week, I was sitting at my desk, and this lady, she brought up... Um, I'm sorry. It's just like it's been back to back, and the names are. She brought back the the, the Louisiana shooting, up, and she kind of looked at me, and I and I didn't know what to say at the time because I haven't read the article yet. Then I refused to watch the uh, the Facebook video at the time because it's just it's too much to watch at work. Mm. So it's like, what do you do? Well. Uh, Sim, you got, you had thoughts? I know you have several. I mean, um, when you say what do you do, I don't, I don't know if you're talking about us or if you're talking about... Let's talk, I mean, let's do both. I mean, I mean I'll mean, i say something. I feel like I, I'm not going to lie, I totally felt a way that it wasn't addressed at all. Like, there were pockets and there were individuals, mm-hmm. individual no individuals that acknowledged that there was something serious going on. Um, Do you mean at work? Yeah, at work. Um, However, I was disappointed that it wasn't a public acknowledgement of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, we've talked about, I mean, we've seen, you know, we're all of age now. Like when 9-11 happened. Mm Mm-hmm. Everyone came together and acknowledged that this was an awful thing that was happening to people and that no one deserved it and that we need to stand together more than ever as Americans, as brothers and sisters, and we need to have each other's backs. Mm-hmm. Um, when... Hell, like I cannot, like, like I'm not right. even gonna go into name. There were, there are numerous times well, where I'll things happen. No, even, I'll, I'll re- even recently with Orlando, the, or, the Orlando shootings, that was instant public. 
Um, it was acknowledged. Acknowledged. It was acknowledged by everyone in the company. It was acknowledged, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of people said this also, you know. Emails were sent out. Um, all agency meetings had, you know, had American moments Express of silence. American campaign. And... And as it, as you should, because these are people. These are the, it's a community of people that most, if not all of us, have had interactions with, and we have loved ones that. I mean, I I have attended numerous gay clubs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it it because it's fun because that's what you do when you go with your friends. You're going to a club with your friends. Like we all go out. It could be any club, not just a gay club. It could right. be any person, not just somebody that identifies as LGBT, but those were those were lives that were lost. So, and it hurt. Like even that hurt. So, up until uh the Philando Castile um shooting, maybe it wasn't disappointment. It was disappointment on my end. I want. I yeah. wanted. I wanted to see the email. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted somebody to send the tweet. Here's, yep. Here's the thing for me. Um, I actually wasn't even here in the country when Orlando happened, so I can't really speak on what happened at work. But since I've been working, and I'm probably the the events that stand out the most are the Boston Marathon. Yeah, that was and another one. Sandy Hook. I was at work when both of those mm-hmm. incidents happened. Mm-hmm. And there was this immediate outcry in the agency for justice. And unity. And unity. Right? Now, I was also at work the day after mm. Charleston oh. happened. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And there was no one said nothing. anything. <laughs> you're like, you're like, and I, I remember I was sitting at work, and um, there was another black dude sitting like a couple feet away from me, and he emailed me, and he goes, "Yo, did nine black people just die yesterday?" And I looked at him, we looking, and we looked at each other, and I knew why he asked me because like right in between us, there were like two white girls talking about sloth pillows and oh my god you have to get one and it was like yeah. oh. and um so yeah I saw that right so then we fast forward to mm-hmm. Alton Sterling and sitting at work and the black girl behind me goes emails me did somebody die yesterday and so, because everybody around us is basically talking about nonsense. Right. Like, it didn't, it didn't okay. happen. So, my, my first response was to tweet, I won't hold my breath, waiting for the agency-wide email about two people. Well, actually, this actually... It happened before. This was, it happened before. But after um, Philando um, was killed, hmm. my response was, I won't hold my breath, waiting for the agency-wide email about two people who look like me being murdered by the cops because when blank happened, dot, dot, dot. Here's the thing for me. And now we're, we're at the point where all the agencies are starting to talk about it. And shout out to Wyden and Kennedy for being one of the first to take a stance. They were the yeah. first. They, they were the they first. They were the first. Give them that credit. They absolutely were the first. When you, Only if we're looking at bigger, 
if we're looking at bigger pictures, to me, the 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 first response to this tragedy of African Americans, blacks, whatever you want to call us, being murdered by the cops was silence, and I think that it's a direct reflection of your population at work. You don't have a large black employee. Um, you don't have large black a lot of black employees. And so your first response is that it doesn't really affect you. It doesn't really matter. Even if you did feel some sort some sort of way. Right. But the reality of the situation is no one said anything. Yeah, no one said anything. And when you when you've when you've experienced <laughs> I don't even know what the word is general market tragedies because like tragedies that involve that are predominantly white, white. or overseas or because overseas, if it happens overseas, overseas if it oh, happens yeah, overseas we, we also have Paris. Um, it's it's i i guess my com- uh, i guess my frustration is that i just don't understand how i don't understand in a moment in a moment like last Tuesday and last Wednesday. Now, granted, I will, I like, it's not even credit to give, but there were definitely a handful of people that work for my company that on social media were posting and were just as frustrated as I am. And I think really, I think really my frustration is towards leadership because I don't necessarily think that it is my job to announce to everyone that there are injustices happening and this is awful and we all need to stop and take a moment of silence or pray about this about this however that was traumatic for me and and I'd like to say it was traumatic for all the people that I know that look like me that look like Philando that look like Alston right it was traumatic because I feel like at least for me, it took me back to the moment when my mother gave me a call to tell me that my brother was in the hospital because he had just been beat by police and that they were kicking him out of school that night. Not only was his skull cracked and he's in the hospital, but he's also being, he's also being kicked out of college. So as a black man who's already a statistic because he's a black man who's already seen deemed dangerous although he was unarmed who's already not even given a chance to succeed based on how he looks the place that he went for refuge that he was supposed to be his safest he has now been near death because his skull was cracked I don't like like it could have went anyway his skull was cracked not only is he near death but now he is out of higher head, higher education. That's where that took me back. I only have one sibling. I have a host of cousins, and not to say that if I lost one of them, it wouldn't matter, but that's my sibling at the end of the day. That's where it took me back to. Who's to say that somebody else at a place of work wasn't taken back to the moment where they were on the other end of somebody's, a police officer's gun, or anybody's gun? I was. Who's to say that Who's to say, like, who's to say, like, that doesn't take you back to, like, you've seen a loved one actually get shot and killed, you know? 
And like, to have that kind of trauma and to like literally be living that moment over and over and over again and nobody says anything to you and everybody is talking about the day as the sun is bright and everything going on and nobody like like nobody wants to say anything right. and like like I give all the credit to my boss for like shooting me a chat to like ask if I was okay and like that meant everything for her to do that because like I wasn't like I wasn't like I really wasn't okay and and, and it was frustrating because everybody else was okay everybody was okay until Thursday and now everybody was in their feelings and not to say that you shouldn't be because I have family that's law enforcement as well and that's not a call you want to get either but the whole damn thing should hurt and it should hurt equally because equally somebody's father lost their lives that week equally somebody's child doesn't have their daddy to come home that week or ever again but it wasn't as serious until it wasn't Somebody that looked like my brother. Right. Like, that shit was crazy to me. I mean, and, and just in general, like, it, that is what hurts. And I was, I was telling someone earlier, like, Black Lives Matter, like, that term, that organization is, like, what, three, four years old? And we've been saying this, like, over and over and over and over and over again. And it took this for people to actually say it. Like, it, it, it didn't, it's, it's almost like all the times that we said it before, it didn't matter. It didn't matter until this week. Like, even that just kind of feels abusive. It's like, it you, abusive. like, you, like you didn't listen all the hundreds and thousands of times before that we said it and now it's like all right the real catalyst was that law enforcement lost their life but like this has been happening for centuries but if we're talking about now like in the age of social media like like what Jenna Six like yeah Trayvon but I think like you made a point about the identification piece and it's like I like I get it, but I want to take this. I want to. I want to take this. Right? We have this podcast. Mm-hmm. We have our social media presence as individuals. I want to take this moment to tell people that if you don't have to feel like you identify with something to feel something, yeah. and that if you feel something, there's a chance that somebody else feels it intense, and that. Sometimes all we really want is just like Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter is only about acknowledgement. Right. right. The entire premise for it is a reminder that hey, we're here too. So as I'm saying, like let for everyone that knows me, anyone yeah. that cares about me, anybody that cares about anybody in this room or that you want to remain an ally or a friend or whatever, acknowledge my pain the same way you acknowledge my happiness. Yeah. Because it's it's not, it's cool when like shit's good and like we're winning awards and we're high-fiving, 
But what really matters is when it gets really hard that like I like if I don't have the strength of myself, I'm relying on my peers mm-hmm. to help me push forward. Acknowledge my pain the same way you acknowledge my happiness. Applaud applaud my happiness. And let's work through my pain together. If you see something happen that you, that, that even if I don't see it, that you see as a problem, speak mm-hmm. up for it. That's, mm-hmm. that's your job as much as it is mine. It's not my job because these people look like me. It's your job because you work with people that look like that. It's your job because you want to work with more people that look like me. It's your job because you're a citizen of this country. It's your job because you're a human. It's your job because you are eligible to procreate at any moment, meaning that you can contribute to the future, to to, to, to future generations. It is all of our jobs. So, like, it shouldn't just matter. Like, and I get it. People are like, well, you know, I'm not black, but I have, like, you know, I have law enforcement, family members. I do, too. I do, too. Acknowledge the pain at the beginning. Don't dismiss it. And that, like, it's the shit that pisses me off on the news. Everybody's dismissing it. Well, if you just pull up your pants, if you just stop being so combative, it's not about, acknowledge my humanhood. Right. Acknowledge the personhood. When you see something, say something. Yeah, I mean, you know. I mean, it's, it's, it, it was just, so frustrating last week. It's still it's frustrating it's still to hear the rules and regulations. I'm tired of that. I'm really I'm I'm done. I'm done with hearing rules and regulations on all levels. You can't it's just I don't know if you've seen it, but there was this YouTube video, some dude in a cowboy hat, some black dude in a cowboy hat. Yeah. And he was talking I about I don't I don't want to say He was talking <laughs> about the safe like He's like, I just want to want all my brothers and sisters to get home alive. And the thing is, okay. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do. What do Be- you say? Like, I didn't even. I didn't, I didn't want to finish it. the video. It's like, keep your ID and registration oh, on the dashboard, so more the police respectability politics doesn't but. think here's that you're what getting you a need gun. to. Here's what you need to do to make sure that I feel comfortable around you. But here's the, the thing. problem: is not. It's not about. It's us. not it's about not us. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, you shouldn't have to. No one should. To guard yourself from police officers. It's getting a point. It's ridiculous. Because it's it's to what you said, Kai. It's like not respecting that I'm a human. Mm-hmm. If you respect me, I'm a human. Your first instinct, if I reach into my pocket, shouldn't think that I have a gun. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's common sense. Well, common sense is not common. Well, we all know it's, this. It's absolutely not. I mean, <laughs> and I'm tired of rules and regulations. Yeah. Like, chance, like I'm going to have a child who is going to be black. Okay. And there are no, there's no, there's such, by the time I have this conversation with my son or daughter, mm-hmm. there'll be so many damn rules and regulations. It's been like, I don't know what to tell you, girl. Mm-hmm. I it's, mean, there's... And so in the, in the context of this podcast, like, we're, we're, we're all in advertising or PR or whatever. We're in mass communications. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a blended pot. Um, and... You know, in the, in the context of it, like, we work for these people who are smart. This, this, this is the, the, this is, a, 
this is what they put out into the world that they're they're smart people. We create culture. The entire world is looking at everything that we do. In the context of this, like we should be the agencies should be the first to address things like this. Yeah. Because we're the ones who are supposed to have our our, our finger, finger on our the pulse. pulse. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? We're the ones who like it shouldn't have took this long for to say something an agency to say something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we've like we have our finger on the pulse. Like if you work for an agency, someone has a TV on outside of Wyden and Kennedy who else what other agency posted something I don't think any I don't think any no 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 no. it does it does and I'll tell you why because Wyden and Kennedy's came out on the Thursday to me that was prime time and I feel like I shared their like I posted has anybody seen Wyden and Kennedy's Mm -hmm. I remember seeing that homepage yeah because and like that's all I could get out and again why no WNK, I don't know who y'all got on y'all team, but y'all deserve a dap, a shot, and like all the praises because it was just they, a letter mm-hmm. of acknowledgement, of acknowledgement of the pain. And like, I think there was this moment where I th- I'm pretty sure I had an attitude. Like, Tuesday, where's my agency? Tuesday, no, no, Tuesday and Wednesday, I'm pretty sure. But like, because I was not my best self, because of the trauma that I was reliving mm-hmm. and forced to re- relive based on what was in the media and on social media. You know? But like that is the kind that's the kind of stuff like I appreciate. If 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 it were something that was um if it if it was something that was specific to the the woman struggle as a woman I would want my male colleagues to acknowledge it. Right. Acknowledgement is just such a huge when it was, issue here. You know, when it's um, just anything, you just want people to, to just see me as a person. Treat me the way you would want to be treated if this is something that affected you directly. You want empathy. You want people to empathize. Like, there's a re- there's a reason why people ask. Like, yo, can you, do you feel me on this? I actually don't want you to hear me or see me. I want you to feel me on this. Because if we're talking about progress, we're talking about making a change. Yeah. Starting starting with a simple acknowledgement like Wyden and Kennedy did is every that speaks volumes to what your internal structure looks like. I don't care if they have only have one brown person whether it be uh black African American or Latin American on their team. That speaks volumes about what you want to do moving forward, and it's very important. Because you're, you care about the people. You actually view your your um, company as a group of humans yep. producing work. It's so weird. I don't even want to say it's weird. It's disgusting that we are paid to do awareness campaigns, to bring attention to whatever. And you can't even acknowledge that there are actually people who do this shit. And there are people who actually have feelings. Oh my goodness, it's a group of humans that actually get these ideas out, get this out of here for these companies. Mm -hmm. It's this, this, this whole 
industry, we've talked about it on so many, on the past episodes, I'm going to say so many, I'm lying, but (laughs) (laughs) past episodes, and we've run into this line of acknowledgement. It's actually acknowledging that the people that make up my agency are people, not mm-hmm. robots, but are people. And with people, they there's human attributes, there's human qualities. Because guess what? We're humans. Sure. Uh, Facebook also posted made uh, posted a big sign on their headquarters in um, acknowledgement and support um, of Black Lives Matter. Um, Google also made comments and remarks last week um, about standing in unity with their fellow colleagues as well as the Black Lives Matter movement. That, to me, is a sign of like pure authenticity as people, that your brand is more about people than it is about the revenue you drive from the mm-hmm. people that are affected by these tragedies. Yeah. And so just backing up to the point about um, White and Kennedy... I think it also should be noted that their entire website went mm-hmm. You dark. couldn't access You couldn't anything. access their website. Um, and Adweek posted, um, and also kudos to White and Kenny for not making a public statement about this. Yep. Because that just would have been in poor taste. But someone, I guess a source within White and Kennedy um, gave the backstory to the note that was posted on their website. And he said, basically, an uh, African-American employee sent the note out to some people within the company. And the note circulated, and it made its way to um, White and Kennedy leaders. And then they decided to post it, which, to me, like, that just speaks to mm-hmm. inclusivity on its highest level. Because there's no better way to make your employees feel included, which is the core of inclusiveness, than to acknowledge that you hear what they're saying. Mm -hmm. Because that note came from a black employee, and that's how we all were feeling. Mm -hmm. None of us were at work thriving on 100% after all this happened. We were all, in some way, shut down. Mm -hmm. So for them to not only hear them, but see that their employee or employees are suffering and acknowledge it speaks volumes. Because yeah. I damn sure was sitting at my desk not speaking to anyone and no one noticed. No one said, Now granted, I, there are times I don't speak to anyone. But there's a general like there was a lot you of fighting back of tears that when day. someone Those is is, is mm-hmm. going through things and you either choose to hey, be like acknowledge hey, it or you just choose to be like question so I have a question because I think we touched on like I think I think we agree I think we agree period right so we agree that we want to be acknowledged that when tragedies like this happen not just because it affects a, a, a mainstream view of people but even when it affects um not niche groups but like smaller level smaller or or or, or more niche groups or 
non-white non-white male groups that it should be acknowledged the same way as you speak to the passing of a celebrity or um the orlando shooting or sandy hook or the boston marathon that that when these murders clearly spark outrage within a community if people even if people within those communities don't work within your organization that you that you should acknowledge it but beyond that for those of us at our level so we talk about things from the bottom up because that's the perspective we have and that's the perspective we can contribute what i mean it's a hard question for me too i mean what can we do on our level to like contribute to solutions for this within our industries and like how do we advocate from our seats? I mean, I'm being I don't know. honest with you. I ain't in the teacher mood. Okay. But I will say we can give solutions on what our bosses could do. But I'm just like, I, 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 think, I think at this point, and all of these conversations are not exclusive. They're all connected. Mm-hmm. We talk about diversity on this. Um, we talk about inclusivity on, on, on the podcast. Mm-hmm. All of this means that your your bosses are not just saying we want black and brown people or, or Asians or whatever. They're saying that we are paying attention to the cultural landscape and we are going to do it the right way. You looking? You got the crazy look on your face. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like you're not just you're not just saying I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, there are there are strategies that go in place because let's be real, like we are not teachers and not 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 to shit on teachers, but we're not people who are not familiar with strategy. When we want to do something uh-huh. and we want to be effective about it, we go and we do the research. Mm-hmm. This is no different than how do you do the research? I mean. You educate yourself. How? In this, on this matter specifically. No, in general. If you're working on a, if you're working on a pitch, if you're working if, on a project, if you, you, you talk, you talk to these people. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, like mm-hmm. if you have a focus group, like mm-hmm. it's, it's all. Yeah. There, but you don't even need to. You can literally sign on to the Atlantic and read all of. I don't want to mess up this dude's name. Ta-Nehisi. Coates. Coates. You can can just go read a bunch of his articles. Okay. Because it's not hard to identify who people are paying attention to. This is our job. This is what we do. We go and we find influencers. We cannot... Wait, why? <laughs> Yo, He's waiting on you to finish. Like <laughs> we we know how to identify influencers. We know who how to identify people who communities listen to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we can, they can educate themselves. You got the side. Because you can't say that somebody knows how to educate themselves because they can go find influencers and then say in the same breath, "I'm not here to teach." I'm going to be real. Most people don't feel like they're here to teach. And then we turn around and get upset because people don't know. 
True. It's not teaching to me. True. I'm not teaching you about my color. I'm not I'm about about my culture. I'm not. But I am totally, absolutely here to let you know what I need to win. Mm-hmm. Right. Let me tell you what I need from you to win. Let me tell you what I need you to do for me to feel comfortable. The same way it happened. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, yes, we are angry and frustrated and all of that. And I totally respect that. And you are not the first, second, or the third person I have heard to say I'm not about this teaching people nonsense. You, But, but I what? can't expect you. I can't expect you to do better if I'm not even going to, like contribute to that now we were taught taught this culture this mainstream culture that we live in right from from whatever first school you went to nursing school preschool kinder care head start all of that right we were taught so if we're looking to make change then shouldn't we be a part of changing the rhetoric I'm not, I'm not we're saying, saying that. but we are saying that we want people just go google it no, no you no, can't no, no, google but how see, i feel see, see, i'm not saying that that if someone asks me i'm not going to be like i'm not going to tell them oh, okay what i'm saying is i feel like that and i always use the, the analogy of relationships when i talk about employment because you know For when a relationship sure. is over and you know when it's time to go mm-hmm. and if you treat your job like that you'll know when it's time to quit right if you are in a relationship with somebody, whether it's romantic or platonic, and you want to do right by that person, you will figure it out. Mm-hmm. Because when somebody stops talking to you and they start giving you the silent treatment, you figure it out. Mm-hmm. Don't you? Mm-hmm. If you don't, you don't care. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, if someone would walk up to me tomorrow and ask me a question, I would answer it. But am I going to, like, send out a company-wide email and, like, try to educate people? No, I'm not. Mm. Like, because when it happened, you didn't care. And that's just, to me, that just speaks to to your humanity. Mm. And that's how I'm going, like, I'm not going to forget that. Like, if you have to educate, like, and this is why I tell people, if I have to teach you how to like me or how to love me, we are not compatible. So I'm going to let you do you. I'm going to be here for as long as I'm here. And then I'm not. I, I yes, like I see where um, you're going. Yeah. I just don't. I, I don't. I can't. I, I I'm you, with you like 85 percent of the way. See, but the you other 15 percent because I also feel that it is important for you to teach people yeah. and train people how to respect you. Yeah, but you also that goes a- back to that listener letter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually. That you literally have to tell people when they're stepping on your neck. You have to tell people when they're not being nice enough. You have to tell people when you're uncomfortable. Yeah. What what we're like, I see what you're saying, but I feel like there's this element of a lot of us just asking for people to acknowledge the fact that this is me. Well, I didn't speak to you today and you didn't notice. But Kai, you ain't speak to us all week. All right, well, you right. You know what I'm saying? Like right. It, it goes beyond just you should be as into me as I'm into you. It goes, if if the goal for me, which the mm-hmm. goal is for me, to influence change, these same influencers that you're speaking about, because I would like to believe that we in this room are influencers. We are not just nobodies, especially to the people that we work with. Right. If we are also considered influencers, then it is 
our job, or at least if I'll speak for myself, it is my job to influence to influence the, the majority of people that I work with or that I encounter in general to understand what is important to me, what I feel that they are missing from their piece of humanity and that they may not understand, and to, edu- and to also educate you as to why it's important. Yeah. Now, if you don't take, take what I'm saying as gold, cool. You can go kick rocks and blow bubbles. Right. Yeah. But I did my friggin' part. And I get what you're saying. You want to be proactive. About Absolutely. Yes. When it comes to this, I'm, I'm, man, maybe maybe you. it's too soon. Maybe it's just too soon. I'm I'm just not in that space where too soon from what? Like this isn't new. It's not. It's not new. But right now, I don't feel like being proactive. That's fair. Okay. That's just that's just the way that I, feel. I, I don't I don't I'm not feeling it. But then wanna, what do you want? I don't know what I want. I mean, Booger, I, just <laughs> say, I, don't, I don't know what I want right now. Like, and, and like, like I said, like you, I want change. But at the, at the same time, I feel like we're asking for something that's so basic human. And, and we were talking about this the other day where it's like, you know how to respond to somebody who just lost a loved one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that. Yeah the bare basics of humanity someone says i'm in pain someone i liked just died i'm sorry for your loss Mm -hmm. you know how to respond to it Mm -hmm. so when you and to me maybe i'm just a little bit more like i don't know if it's emotional or, or whatever but I look at you not saying anything to me mm-hmm. or about it as like you just ain't shit. <laughs> and so I've taken my stance on who you are, and I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm and and, and I'm right. And, I and just I'm also believe to... that there are a lot of people that, when it's a family member, if you were to say my grandmother passed away, that they would say I'm sorry for your loss. But a lot of people don't necessarily attribute things that happen in society. I mean, you're right. It doesn't need to be family members. But a lot of people, we just talked about people identifying. People, if people don't identify with stuff they're seeing on TV, how are they going to assume that you're? How are they going to assume that you identify with the same things that's happening on television? If if they don't know what's important to you, how do you know? Question. If. What do you think they think is happening when people start marching in the streets? How do you think they interpret that? It's not my business. Yeah. But you but you were saying that someone doesn't or they may not identify this loss as important mm-hmm. to you as a black person, mm-hmm. but yet people are marching in the streets. So like, what mm-hmm. are they marching in the streets for? It's not my business. That's exactly what I feel goes through people's minds. And that's why I usually just take the stance of like, first of all, you're either one, you, you're you lacking pieces of humanity, and or two, you just ain't shit at your job. Because this is, we, and like I said before, like we are not talking about people who are isolated. These aren't social workers. Mm-hmm. These aren't like bankers. It is our job to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Because we need to be culturally relevant. Okay. So you see someone mm-hmm. marching, mm-hmm. shutting down traffic. Mm-hmm. Let's not even talk about this the last two weeks. Let's just talk about Ferguson last year, mm-hmm. where how long were they in the streets for? Month? Two mm-hmm. months? 
like on the news constantly. Like you knew what was going on. But how did they know it was important to you? They, I'm not. Yep. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying about me specifically. I'm not, no, I'm not saying you. you but I'm not, I'm not saying you know it's important. You know it's important to a whole entire community. But you're. This is what I'm saying though. I'm like you're assuming. You're assuming because you as a person have enough. Have enough. Take me, take me, take me no, out no, of the no, equation. No, no, because your response to it is a personal yeah. response. You're not, the, if you were thinking objectively, because the objective feeling is why would I know that that's important to you? Unless you told me it's important to you. Yeah. But you're saying that you see all these other people upset. Why wouldn't you think I'm upset? What? But here's, but here's the thing. If you, even if you were paying attention, if you were paying attention then, why did it take you so long to say Black Lives Matter. This is this is what I'm saying. Like, you're making it independent I'm, of like no, it doesn't right. matter how you feel. Right. It's like you should think for yourself on like on what's happening. Exactly. Why did it, if 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 and you, I agree with if, that. If, if if you were paying attention, why did it take you this long? Why did it to take say something to acknowledge it? I agree with that. Why that's did it issue. take that? And that's why I think you ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> My response to it is very simple. I'm not going to take for granted. I'm not going to take for granted that everybody knows what's important to me as a right. person. Because like I said, nobody really knows that story about the shit that happened with my brother. Yeah. That's not something that's on my resume, my cover letter, on my Facebook profile, showing up on everybody's time hop. But if you were to draw a conclusion, for example, for example, we just had um, the case of the swimmer boy who sexually assaulted that young woman in an alley and got off with literally a slap on the wrist. Meanwhile, she has to deal with being physically and sexually assaulted for the rest of her life because she shouldn't have been out partying is what the judge, his parents, and the rest of the world is saying. Mm-hmm. How many women did you walk up to when you heard that story and say, hey, I'm really sorry that this kind of stuff happens to you? None. But I also expressed that reading her letter hurt me as well because as a woman, these are the things you constantly, like, think about. You fear, literally, walking in the street and drinking a little too much or sipping something that that's that's tainted and yeah. and 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 you wake up with your skirt over your belly button and you don't know what the hell happened and if you should go to the hospital and do I have a disease am I pregnant what, oh my god what did I do did mm-hmm. I want this did I like this it to me that's the same context it was just as vile it was just as bad it was just as awful it was also an injustice in our system mm-hmm. it was very clear that women identified with it but how many women did any of us go, well well i had conversations but how many women did anyone else go up to and be like oh my god i can't believe this not again so you can't assume that people are going to do the same for you unless you educate them to say this is not only is this important to me i also want you to get behind it yeah i need you to get behind it because i need you there to help make the change if we're not at these tables where decisions are made 
we then then there's no change to be made like like we're not generally like traditionally welcome to like tables of leadership right but it is because of voices like ours that people get to see the other side of it that people get to see that oh shit maybe you are right Maybe we really do. Maybe we really are dickheads, and we need to think about this better. That's the whole purpose for this daggone podcast: mm-hmm. is to be that voice. I can't. I don't expect people to to empathize for me the same way I would empathize for them because I just naturally feel like I'm a sensitive ass person, and so therefore I treat people as if they don't know. But once I tell you, and I don't see the change after that. Then it's a wrap. Right. Once you, once you, once you've been learned, you don't have no excuse for your ignorance anymore. Mm-hmm. And so for me, and I hate to say it, but it's true. But the next time something like this happens to anyone that I know listens to this podcast, or anybody that I know that I've spoken to about this situation. I will, like, I take your silence as complicit. Yeah. There's you being complicit. Hmm. Is that Hurston's quote? If, they, if you don't make any, I if you're silent, to be then t- you I'm telling you, agree. like, it's not a pass. To me, this, to me, last week was an education. Mm-hmm. It was a moment of education. Mm-hmm. If you are silent again, ever again, you are just as bad, and to Sim's point, you are an asshole. Yeah. Mm. I, I mean, we're saying the same thing. You just. <laughs> I just, like, I, I feel really no, passionate. I, 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 I really do feel I, passionate I, about like, it. I know, and I, and I get what you're saying. Like, I'm. I just think whatever I do, I want it to be effective. I personally, I think, I mean, I wrote this on on my Facebook that it's like. I know marching is doing something because it's getting people aware who it's now in your face, right? And I'm... What was Ferguson? Well, not this moment, but getting people aware, having Black Lives Matter in your face every time, it's getting more people. It's, It's awareness to something. It's more awareness to this, to this issue, to the systemic racism. But there's levels to this. Sure. And my thing is, I would like to, I would love, my marching, my, my effect should not stop at marching. How can I, what can I do to mm-hmm. be effective in this change? Well, God damn it, I have some things, because I wrote me a manifesto. Because it's not a lot of, because it's not about just, I know marching, marching is just step one. A lot, what's the sad part is that there are people, friends and family that we know that thought that everything was great after 1964. Oh, I don't believe that anyone really thought that, quite frankly. I do. Really? I do, do think that I people think have gone complacent after civil rights. I think and, you, some people got comfortable, but I don't think anybody, because let's not forget, after civil rights was the Black Power Movement. After Black Power Movement was the infiltration of crack cocaine into urban communities. After the infiltration of crack cocaine into our communities and the hurt and pain that derived from that became hip hop. After hip hop, uh, I will say comfortable. <laughs> I will say okay. comfortable. Because that's a better it word. It never ended. It transformed. It never ended. And I think it's just 
this is another baton to getting through the system. We're getting, we're like when we were talking about in past episodes that there, we are now in spaces that people before us could not enter. Mm -hmm. And with that is a responsibility to keep the change going. It hasn't stopped. This is another, another step, another baton past to the next generation. So I think, yes, marching and putting awareness well, is important. We don't, it's not even about the marching. It's beyond that. And we it's being sit effective. in a, you sit in a seat, you work in advertising. You sit at tables every day, just like I do, just like he does, just like everybody else we work with. And we get to decide. We get to be a part of the machine that decides what, Im what images are put into the media, are rotated mm -hmm. through the media every day. So... There was a moment where I also feel like, shit, like, what can I do? Because marching ain't going to do it. Tweeting up a storm ain't going to do it. There was um, a there was a Facebook post from um, a Facebook friend of mine who um, we went to school together our freshman year. Um, she lived down the hall from me at Howard. Her name is Ayana. Um Ayana Robertson, and Ayana is a journalist. Um, she contributes to uh, Vibe and I believe BET.com or something of the sort. Mm -hmm. um, but she had a, I guess it was like a 15 minute long video uh, event session, which I found to be very productive for myself to recognize that myself and, and us in here that we are we have vehicles to bring change like mm -hmm. we have access to vehicles to bring change and she mentioned that there are five um excuse me that there are five systems that are traditionally used um or held against us mm -hmm. as people of color that being the media the government, the justice system, the financial institutions and law enforcement. Mm -hmm. And that for us to make a change, if we want to act actively make a change and help to push uh, our agendas forward and of, of equality and diversity and inclusion, that we actually need more people, more brown faces to work in these industries. Um, we've talked about this before uh, over and over and over again. Yeah. And I do think that there has to be a level of persistence as well. Because mm -hmm. it's not something like, it's not going to take tomorrow. It's not going to take next week. But to want to, like, we need leaders. Like, we need somebody that wants to be that person that is the CEO of what, whatever said agency that has a brown face. Everybody's not going to want to do it. Some people want to, you know, you want to start your own. But we also need people that work to actually work within these institutions mm -hmm. that traditionally hold us out mm -hmm. so that we can be at the table to help make those positions you we do we do something to help push this along by having this conversation on this podcast and we do stuff to help this to help move these things along as we sit in brainstorms and briefings and listen to people say spew information that's completely incorrect as we know it to people of our community by telling them no you're wrong mm -hmm. i can't stand behind that like we work in we work in the machine that puts out the images that makes people think it's okay to shoot people that look like you, me, and him. Mm -hmm. So it then becomes our duty to always be the advocate yeah. for people that we feel we identify with, whoever that may be. Right. We can do some. We are doing so. Like I feel like 
moving forward after last week, I felt like I took my job so much more seriously today mm-hmm. because I recognize that for every brief that I get, for every brainstorm I sit in, for every create piece of creative I have to review or I don't have to review or I, I review because I want to review it because I want to make sure that it represents me as an individual as it does the agency as, a, as an organization mm-hmm. because it's, it's, it's that kind of purposeful work to me that's it, if it doesn't change immediately it's going to change me immediately right you know there are a lot of boycotts going around of like where you invest your money and what banks mm-hmm. you you damn right i'm taking my money out to reinvest at least it's like a piece of it like not even just like all of the money but we need to be more cautious about who we spend our money with yes i agree we need to be more conscious about who we receive our information from. Yes. Who we share our information with. Mm-hmm. And to be purposeful when we do say something on behalf of people that look like us. And to me, that is bigger than marching. I, I, in a march, I feel like I'm one of hundreds. Yeah. At my desk, I'm Kai. Mm-hmm. I see you. Like, there's so much we can do. And that's what we're trying to do here. And we are doing it. It's not... We are not damsels we are not in distress we are in positions where we have influence and power and that it then becomes our job to push that forward and to use it wisely and to bring the little bit of change that we can see in our own little worlds that hopefully affect the larger world in the future that's so that was my solution anybody else got something that was my daggone solution Damn, Kyle. I second that. Got it, <laughs> it again with solutions. Kyle's bringing all the extra credit this episode. Just tired, y'all. Just real tired from last week. Like, I literally went home Friday and just slept the entire day into like Saturday afternoon because my body was physically yeah. tired, you know? But I just gotta be more purposeful. Yeah. Well, I guess we can close out. We can sing We Shall Overcome when we push (laughs) stop on the recording. But for those of you that are listening, please, you know what? I'm asking everybody to share. If you've you've listened to this, I'm going to ask you to share. Yes. Um, We have, we're only six episodes in, so it's really not that serious. But I want this episode specifically to be heard. So... When you it pops up on your SoundCloud, your iTunes, your Stitcher, whatever, make sure you share it. Um, you guys can I, again. You can always reach out to us. Ask mixed company at gmail.com. Yes, we're yes, on Instagram. Yes, yes. We're on Twitter. We're on the Facebook. Yeah, we're under El Fase Book. Mm-hmm. So just do M A F A New York. You'll find us there. Um, yep. And I'm right. I. I I'm just looking forward to everything else that that is going to come from this. It was a really shitty situation, but I feel stronger and more empowered. So I mean, there's, there's something that's going to happen. It has to. I mean, it's, it's... If it hasn't already, quite frankly. I mean, our... our well, it, it has happened already. Um, and, like, my beefs or, or my issues are... My, my personal issues, but I feel that even though I'm talking about how it was addressed, 
it is being addressed. And that's going to mm-hmm. affect the change that um, is going to happen. Now, what comes from this is what I'm interested in seeing. Because now, now you're, you're seeing that they're into, what's the old girl that wrote that? Bethany? Mm-hmm. And to her point, you're, you're seeing how white supremacy affects people outside of your agency. Now you have to see how it affects people inside. And so hopefully this is that all, like because everything is interconnected, hopefully that has some, some progress as well. And we'll be posting the links to all the articles that we talked about so you guys can do some more research. Um, And with that being said, peace out. Thanks for listening. Take it easy.